It may be hard to believe, but at Princeton, there was a time before a cappella. In 1941, a group of seven undergrads landed a gig in the Glee Club's November concert at Yale. The crowd loved their close harmony singing, and the Nassoons were born. 75 years later, Nassoons alumni, spanning seven decades, returned to campus for a weekend of singing and socializing. Paul visited the reunion's headquarters to speak with several of the returning Soons. My name is Sandy McAdoo. I'm a uh, member of the class of 1971, and I have been the president of the Princeton Nassoon Alumni Association for the past seven years. It, it, when, when people sing together, um, there, is, there is an immediate connection and there is, I mean among Princetonians, there is an immediate connection and then when you winnow that down among, uh, among Nassoons of all years, uh, there's even a more immediate connection. At the 70th reunion five years ago, uh, Jack Heiler, who was the class of 41, I believe, um, was still living, and he, uh, we, we were, we've always hoped to get as many of the, the old guard, and particularly when the founders were still living, to get them to come back. And he, um, he expressed some interest. We found a way to, to provide some assistance for him and his daughter, and they came from, I think, from Colorado. Uh, but they uh, they came into Princeton by train, and Jack was wheelchair bound, and he uh, got off the train, off the PJ and B in Princeton, um, and was greeted by the undergraduates who sang to him as he as he got off the train, and at the dinner, the annual dinner, um, the old guard sang first, and he was right in the center in his wheelchair, and sang. I can't remember the song he sang, but he sang a solo, and he just belted it out. My name is Howard McMorris, class of 1966. I'm called Mac in the Nassons. Um, we never took major overseas trips. The only trips we took were weekend trips driving to New England to sell records at girls' prep schools so we could, we could make money. <laughs> And then we would have one a vacation somewhere in St. Thomas or something like that. I'm Jerry Ford, class of 54. To my way of thinking, my experience in a Nas as a Nassoon was probably the most important experience in my undergraduate life. And it's continued to be a, an important experience. The, the singing, you know, when you sing, when you practice five days a week, and then go off on weekends to, in, the, in those days, to girls' colleges, you know. <laughs> it, it, it was our life. The, they, they invited us, so they were anxious to hear us sing. And, and I remember, that nowadays, these guys, these guys got a hunk of change when they, when they perform. Well, but in our time, we were happy to get a, a bottle of whiskey and, and, and gas mileage <laughs> and, and a blind date. So, <laughs> and that was... <laughs> that was the, and sometimes they were terrific, sometimes they weren't. But uh, we, we usually got pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, attention. And you know, we don't, we don't, ha we don't use microphones, so, so you've got to be quiet to listen to us. I remember a good friend of mine said, sometimes it's like, uh, 
if a tree falls in the forest and, it, and there's nobody there, does it make a sound? You know? Well, the other way around, if, if the crowd is so noisy they can't hear you, are you really singing? While the Nassun's travel schedules and set lists have changed, the group's traditions have been passed down from generation to generation, both in songs and stories. I'm Matt Dirth, class of 92. We were just talking about this in the room because one of the older alums, David Watts, class of 62, poked his head in. And I went to high school with his daughter. She was a year, year behind me. And so when he heard from his daughter that I was going to Princeton, and she was a singer and I was a singer in high school, he said, no, 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 you gotta come over. So I went over to his house and he played two Nassoon recordings and gave them to me and said, you're gonna be a Nassoon. You've gotta do this, it's the best thing ever. And if you're a Tiger Tone, I'll kill you. And that, so I went to Princeton full-on expecting that that's what I had to do. I, surely it must be awesome because he told me it was. Eric McGillivray, class of 93. The cool thing about the Nassoons, and this is like a lot of Princeton uh, student groups, I think, is it's totally DIY. It's totally student-run. So those big international tours, we're booking the shows, we're booking the plane tickets, we're figuring out where we're going to stay, we're figuring out what the itineraries are. That's all done by... Usually one or two people. Imagine guys. how much easier it is to do that with the now. internet. Yeah, with we were like internet? sending out letters in like oh envelopes, you know. And, um, so it was really was this kind of like uh, training and like yeah. leadership and, and right. you know initiative and, and yeah. logistics and you know the fact that we pulled it off three four times a year is actually pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. with Alumni recalled notable milestones in the Nassoon experience, including the moment when you find out you're in the group. I'm Angus Worthing, class of 97, and the moment I uh, was told was um, early in the morning after the, nest, the group had stayed up most of the night um, deciding about whom, whom to let into the group, uh, they burst into your room singing, uh, and uh, you know, all your roommates wake up and uh, they're uh, kind of excited for you even though it's really early in the morning. And, um, it's just a terrific moment to be a Nassoon and to have this, uh, this song suddenly, all the Nassoons in my room, a lowly you know, freshman who just hours before wasn't in the group. I'm Eric Westendorf, class 94. Also at the end, uh, there's sort of a final night as you get to the end of reunions where you've been performing for alumni. and There's this one arch that we go to and sort of sing, frankly, for hours, but it's different this time because you actually know that the seniors, that this is it, like this is their last night as part of the group. And I remember how bittersweet that was, you know, how there's this just deep sense of gratitude and appreciation for being part of it. And also a sense that like, it's now time to move on, you know, and, and leave and how sad it is, um, but also how touching it is to have these people and, and remembering like the year before when the seniors left and the year before that when the season now it's sort of your your turn you go through challenges uh, fun experiences very funny moments um, sad moments all together on a, a tour across the country or across the world or at a show uh, you know things fall apart in in singing and, and uh, entertainment and you kind of learn to adapt and you learn those leadership skills that you can get in a group um, while you're, of course, growing up, you know, between 18 and 22. And the way you spend those days, too, like the fact that it's always at the end of the day, like rehearsals from 10.30 to midnight, um, you've had your day, and it's almost like you're coming together to 
be together for the final hours of the day and there's this ritual of getting a chance to share with one another different highlights from the day or funny things that happen and then you right away go into song and you know there's there's something I don't know I think pretty sacred about ending the day singing and making music together with people you care about and then going back to your rooms and to have that ritual happen uh, so many days so many weeks years uh, it just gets inside you it sort of feels like it becomes part of who you are so I'm Richard Todd class of 94 the Nastians used to do this, I don't know if they still do it, where they would have the Nastians drive the golf carts for the old guard in the P-Raid. Um, and our, so my freshman year, our oldest old guard guy was Arthur Holden, class of 12. Um, and I remember when he stood up, he was blind, um, and he gave a speech and they asked him, you know, in your, in your wisdom as the oldest living alumnus, um, you, know, you know, give us a tip. And he said that the most important thing from Princeton for him was friendship. And at the time, I thought, you know, what a damned old country club. I mean, all those guys cared about was their social connections and things like that. And they were, you know, with all white men and everything like that. And they discriminated against Jews and all that back in the day. And 25 years later, I can say Arthur Holden was dead on right. Um, I can't tell you what classes I took sophomore year. I can't tell you who all my, pres my professors were. I can't tell you who my preceptors were. Um, but it's a total trip because these songs that I don't sing you know, ever. I don't sing them with anybody else. Why would you? I mean, especially, I mean, a bass part is a stupid thing to sing by itself. There's no words and just all these little syllables. Um, and it's really fun to have those things immediately come back online when you sing it with somebody else. Um, I think that so often in life we have friendships and then we move on past them and then that chapter of the book is closed. Um, and this is this is almost more like a like a player piano scroll where you get to write a little bit more in each sentence um, and the story keeps going on. Our thanks to all of the Nassoon's alumni who shared their stories, and in particular to Doug Roberts, class of 97, for coordinating the interviews. Brett Tomlinson produced this episode. Allie Wenner helped with the interviews. Thank you, Allie. The music was recorded in a rehearsal featuring Nassoon's alumni, primarily from the class years in the 1950s and 60s.